Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of FF Plus, where you get your weekly new release reviews from me in a format that is simple, short, and spoiler-free. I'm your host, Aaron White, and this week I'm going to be sharing with you about two new films that we'll be releasing both on November the 23rd for this Thanksgiving holiday time period. There is a film, unfortunately, that I was unable to get to, and that is The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's latest project alongside longtime partner Tony Kushner. This is the coming-of-age story of himself. It is a very autobiographical film about his life growing up and the power of movies and how it led to him becoming the incredible, iconic director that he is today. I don't know that a Steven Spielberg movie needs me to promote it much or to even tell you whether or not to go see it. I think his filmography speaks for itself, and any film that he makes is a treasure and something that is worth spending your time on. So I can recommend it even without having seen it. That being said, I will check it out uh, sometime very soon and probably have thoughts on that on a later episode. But for this one, I want to tell you about Strange World from Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures, their newest animated film. This stars the voice work of Jake Gyllenhaal, Dennis Quaid, Jabuki Young-White, Gabrielle Union, and Lucy Liu. It is directed by Don Hall and Kui Nguyen, and it is written by Kui Nguyen. What's it about? A journey deep into an uncharted and treacherous land, where fantastical creatures await the legendary Clades a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and by far most crucial mission. If you've followed this podcast for pretty much any length of time, you'll likely know that I am a big fan of the treasure hunting and exploration genre. Films of this type, Indiana Jones, Missing Link was a a recent animated film that did some of the similar things that Strange World does about exploring a mythical land. And I just adore movies like that, that go to unknown locations that have some sort of legend tied to them or that are all about finding out what lies just over the horizon. Usually there's conflict. Usually there is some sort of treasure whether it's a physical treasure or whether it's some sort of metaphorical treasure. This film just filled my adventure-loving cup right up. It has super creative creature and world design, and the animated environments are absolutely beautiful as well. The story is about the Clades. There is a father, voiced by Dennis Quaid, whose name is Jaeger. And his son is named Searcher, voiced by Jake Gyllenhaal. And early in the story, Jaeger essentially goes missing on an expedition, while Searcher ends up discovering a new type of plant that has some sort of powerful energy component to it. He brings it back home, and we cut forward later in time to this plant that he has found and discovered has become a very impactful part of their society. This is, The whole film is set in a future, not a futuristic, but a fantastical world. So it's not on planet Earth. I guess that's kind of the first thing that we should know. The father, Jaeger, is searching for what lies over the mountains. This city of Avalonia 
is kind of, you know, not really necessarily like a valley, but there is this huge mountain range that seems imposing and impossible to cross. And his determination is that he is going to be the first one to find out what lies on the other side of that. And so he goes missing, trying to accomplish that task. The issue that comes forth with the power source that has been found basically sets them on their new adventure, their goal. They have to go figure out what is causing this problem so that they can correct it and make sure that their way of life is able to continue. Over the years, this new power source through this plant has allowed them to have all sorts of technical innovations and flying vehicles and and all sorts of interesting new scientific breakthroughs, and it has become just an absolute integral part to the way that they live. Well, Searcher has a son who is played by Jabuki Young-White, his wife, Gabrielle Union. Lucy Liu is a, a former member of his father's crew who is now in charge of Avalonia, and they all set off on this journey to figure out what is wrong. And it's just an absolute blast to go through this story with them. The movie features a very diverse cast. You have an interracial marriage at the center of this. You have a young teenage boy who is LGBTQ at the center of this, and not in a way that is sidelined or just kind of hinted at either. And he is very much trying to impress a boy that he is into. And what I loved about this is how much his parents support him. The film doesn't try to make a statement, I don't think, about the fact that it has an LGBTQ character. I almost hate even bringing it up because I don't think it needs to be a thing that we have to talk about, but it's going to be a thing that people talk about. And it's going to be a reason that some countries ban this movie, which is ridiculous, because it's just who this guy is, and we we get to know all of the characters, and that's just part of his story, is he is in that area of his life where he is forming relationships and has a crush and wants to do something out in the world that will impress this crush. Very natural. Didn't have any problem at all with the way it was depicted. Thought it was really, really well done, and, and didn't feel like they were trying to force it in there to, quote, check a box. This is just felt like this is just the character that they created. And what ultimately becomes of him is we go on a journey with him about fatherhood. And we explore ideas of tradition and what it means for parents to care about leaving a legacy for their children and what it's like for kids uh, who are maybe have different desires and different goals for their life than their parents think that they should have. And, and in the stories, it becomes pretty impactful, I think. So I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed the adventure aspect, the exploration of this titular strange world that is so beautifully designed. It's fun. It's energetic. It is kind of briskly paced, so you never really feel like it gets bogged down in any too much heavy drama. There's multiple creatures that don't speak, which Disney does very well. And those are the kind of sidekicks, if you were, that are perfectly marketable and that kids will go nuts over. There's a three-legged dog named Legend, who I absolutely love. 
And then there's a character that they meet in this world called Splat, who becomes sort of a guide for them and brings out just tons of laughs. Lots and lots of humor are tied to both of those characters. And I just really enjoyed this whole experience. It was a movie that I found very surprising and fascinating in the end, once the reveals happen of kind of they figure out what's going on with the issue and they're trying to solve it and they understand more about this world that they've tumbled into and how it connects to their own home. It's really intriguing and it kind of is a big wow moment in it as well that was a lot of fun, especially as it relates to another property that one of the, the characters or the actors in this film has been in previously. So there's a little bit of a hint. Not really a spoiler, but if you want to dig, feel free based on that. I think that this is just a fantastic, entertaining movie. And it is the kind of Disney film that is going to be a huge hit once it hits Disney+. Plus. I think it's the kind of movie that kids are going to want you to put on over and over and over on repeat. There's no songs. There's one song in the credits, but it's kind of like a fun little ditty about the Clade family and their history as explorers, but it's not a musical. It doesn't have songs throughout it. There's no dancing and singing numbers, but it's still just so much fun. So much fun. If you liked a movie like Treasure Planet, I would say that's kind of somewhat the vibe that you're getting here, but in a, a obviously different kind of setting. So I highly recommend Strange World, available in theaters on November 23rd. As I was saying, I think this is a great movie to take the entire family to and just have a wonderful time getting lost in a little bit of an adventure and having a heartfelt story given to you about parenting and fatherhood and how people grow back together even if they've had brokenness in their families previously. So, yep, highly recommend Strange World. The other film that I want to talk about is Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery from Netflix. It stars Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Jessica Henwick, Madeline Klein, Kate Hudson, and Dave Bautista. It is written and directed by Ryan Johnson. What's it about? Tech billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends and Detective Benoit Blanc for a murder mystery party getaway on Glass Onion his private Greek island. When someone dies, Blanc must crack the case and discover who the killer is. First of all, let me just say that I do not like the subtitle to this film, A Knives Out Mystery. It has nothing to do with Knives Out. This is not a sequel to Knives Out. I mean, I guess you could call it a sequel because it takes place in the same world in a timeline after that story has already occurred, but there's no connective tissue between the two other than it's just the same detective. So you've got to think of this like you do most stories in this genre where you have a singular crime solver who goes on multiple different cases, solving each one along the way, but they don't actually tie together. And that's what this is. So I don't really like the A Knives Out mystery. I know they're trying to brand it that way, and they have a big deal that they made with Ryan Johnson for quite a few of these films, if I recall. But 
I wish they would just drop that. Just call it Glass Onion. It's totally fine. You don't have to like Agatha Christie's novels and book adaptations didn't have to note that they were Agatha Christie. Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile. They can have unique titles and still include the same detective character like they do in those. So hopefully they'll drop that after this one. Anyway, little rant is over. When it comes to this movie, I actually didn't have super high expectations because I'm a little mixed on Knives Out. I remember really enjoying it when I first saw it because it was in a packed theater at an advanced screening. And it was so much fun, so much laughter. And I was worried that it might not play nearly as well at home by myself. And I was right. When I rewatched it, I don't think that the mystery in Knives Out is quite as interesting. It's sort of more of a drama in a lot of ways. This movie is not like that. This is a riotous, twisty, good time. It has high energy. It is very bright and not dark and mahogany and tweed and doesn't feel like old, rich money like Knives Out did. This feels like new, modern tech money. And I loved this particular setting. The performances are all outstanding. Each character gets a little bit something to do and gets to kind of flash their own personal style of humor in in a way that is really written well, I think. And it's a layered tale. It keeps you guessing as new details are revealed and it strikes a really brilliant balance, I think, in the script between being clever, being smart, and then often being outright hilarious. It really is a movie that I think would make Agatha Christie proud, the way that it is constructed and the way that it plays out with its ensemble cast. I think that they were used so much better here and so much more entertaining than they were in Knives Out. I'll go through just a little bit. You have Kate Hudson. She plays a fashion icon and she is very aloof, kind of dumb, and absolutely hilarious. I just couldn't get enough of her. I thought she was a big standout amongst a standout crew uh, all around. Janelle Monet plays the co-founder of the Alpha Company, uh, along with Edward Norton being the other co-founder and the tech billionaire Miles Braun. And Monet's character is fierce. And she really is the beating heart of this story as it starts to unfold more. She starts out a little bit quiet, but once you get to know her, she really gets to bring an intensity to this that it needed. Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, this is a much lighter version of his character than we see in the first film. He is essentially working with someone else. I'm, I'm trying to talk around spoilers, of course, for this case. And so it's sort of like shared solving duty until the end where we get an awesome scene that is very atypical in this genre and an entertaining plot reveal where everything is explained. I love those. Totally okay with following tropes when those tropes are tropes because we all love to see them in this type of film. And that's what we get in this. Edward Norton as Miles Braun is the primary kind of antagonist, I guess you could say, but he's the one that gets the party together. 
he's not nearly as smart as he thinks or as perfect as he thinks. And he is kind of like a parody of Elon Musk. Once you start to see the story uh, come into focus and that is a lot of fun to watch, especially with what has been happening with Elon Musk in real life in the past few weeks, because we are talking about a character who is definitely a tech bro. He's egotistical and he just thinks that he is the greatest thing ever and doesn't really need any help and that everyone is flying on his coattails. He absolutely rocks in this. The performance is outstanding and he is so, so funny. Batista plays a pro man. I don't know what you call that. What's the opposite of a feminist, a masculinist? I don't think that's a thing, but he is gun nut and he's a YouTuber. Han plays a liberal governor, politician type. Henwick plays Kate Hudson's aide. And Madeline Klein plays Bautista's girlfriend. And uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is a very smart scientist and tech developer that had helped Miles Braun, the main character, with a bunch of his big ideas. They all have their moments. And I think that they work together so well. The chemistry is off the charts at all times. Uh, just It's just a joy to spend time in their presence, to be honest. The island that this is set on, I mentioned earlier, it's very bright. I like that it's playful about Gen Z and the current world that we live in. It is always riffing on and making fun of that in a lot of ways. And the mystery itself is really not the most complex thing or hard to figure out. But as those layers are slowly peeled away... It's very entertaining how Ryan Johnson is able to play with form and deliver each new piece of information to the audience. So the first section of the film happens in real time, but then we get to go back and experience some events from a different perspective. Another common type of trope in these mystery type films, but always a plus in this kind of story, in my opinion. My only real complaint is that it doesn't have a lot of depth. I don't think so. It's kind of held back a little bit from maybe being a masterpiece, but it is such a high level crowd pleaser. The jokes hit just right for me. I was frequently laughing out loud and, and I mentioned that high energy. I just, you could feel the electricity around you as this movie was playing. And I thought that that was uh, very engaging and it's one that I'm going to want to watch over and over frequently because I had such a good time with it. Whereas Knives Out, I was like, okay, this is a cool story. I like this character that you've introduced, but it's sort of a one and done. This is a movie that I've been aching to see again since I saw for the first time. It is going to play for one week in theaters beginning on November the 23rd. That is what Netflix does. I highly recommend you make your way out to a theater to see it. This is going to be so much more fun in a crowded theater. It'll be good at home too, for sure especially if you can get your family around together. It won't be streaming until December 23rd, though. So it's a Thanksgiving theater release. It is a Christmas time home release. Either way, they pick those time frames well. They know you're going to be around a lot of family and friends and probably be watching this with a group of people, which will elevate your experience as it did mine. I cannot recommend this movie enough. Glass Onion is one of my favorite films of the year. It's hard to tell you about in detail and talk about because I don't want to spoil it, but that's me 
preserving your own experience so that you can have just a as good of one as I did. Well, that's it for this episode. Hopefully I provided you with some information that will help you along your movie-going decision-making. If you ever do see one of the films that I talk about, I'd love for you to let me know. You can find me all over social media using the links that are in the show notes to each and every episode, or you can probably just type in Aaron L. White, A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E into Google. That's my username pretty much everywhere. Also, if you do enjoy the show, please share it with your friends that love movies, share it with your family, share it on your own social media channels. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you listen. Those things always help to get the word out and bring more people into the listener community. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday in whatever way you celebrate. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filled.